0: Yes, now to a rare case where the leaders of a global wildlife trafficking gang have been convicted in Nigeria. The three Vietnamese men, who were described as being at the top of the crime pyramid, were convicted last month for smuggling the scales of African pangolins to Asia. Now, pangolin scales are used in Chinese medicine, and the meat is also prized making it, tragically, the world's most trafficked animal, pushing the eight different species of this mammal ever closer to extinction. Steve Carmody is a former Australian police officer who helped lead the four-year investigation in partnership with the Nigerian Customs Service, and it involved a dangerous sting operation and fake buyers. Steve now works for the Wildlife Justice Commission, which is a European charity. Hello there, Steve, and congratulations.
1: Yeah, good morning and thank you very much.
0: Steve, this seems like a complicated and dangerous investigation. Could you sort of unravel it for us, please? Take us back to 2018 when you began to gather intelligence on this trade. Now, what did you pick up on?
1: So between 2016 and 2018, we saw a a rapid increase in the seizure of pangolin scales in Southeast Asia and in some places in Africa connected to Vietnamese organised crime groups that were operating in Africa and Asia. Um, Using intelligence that we'd collected, uh, we'd identified a number of networks and then we attempted to penetrate those networks using uh, undercover Asian operatives.
0: And I understand that the COVID pandemic actually offered you all a a rare opportunity.
1: Yeah, it did. It It was quite interesting because at the time, many Chinese and Vietnamese traffickers had returned to Asia for um, their New Year celebration. And when COVID hit, they got stuck in China or Vietnam. So then the the suppliers in Africa basically needed new clientele. um, And that enabled us to to approach them on social media, surprisingly.
0: (laughs) Really? Um, So they were onto social media, were they? Trying to find new customers, basically?
1: Yeah, they were. Look, it's, you know, it's organised crime by definition, but We sort of call it disorganised crime because they're not your traditional organised crime uh, figures. You know, they don't have the tradecraft that we would see in Australia when you discuss organised crime. So these guys were actively sourcing customers on Facebook and were able to take advantage of that and then set up a number of sting operations with Nigerian customs.
0: (laughs) That is amazing, isn't it? And do they, you know, are they... um uh flamboyant are they do they are they obviously wealthy these people can you see them if you know what i mean once you start to look
1: it's interesting in africa because the the wealth really starts to be accumulate at that trafficker level those people responsible for consolidating and then sending those shipments out so you know your normal person going into the bush you know picking up a pangolin is is not making much money at all it's just basically to survive uh, and then you see that that wealth start to accumulate and then obviously with the the first level of um, Asian-based traffickers, you know, they're obviously looking at buying at at a lower price and then uh, exporting and making more money in in Southeast Asia or or Mm. in China. So it it very much mirrors the drug trade in relation to, you know, the prices you would expect at wholesale level and then at retail level.
0: I did read, I have to tell you, that um, it was their wives flaunting their wealth that became more obvious rather than the, the men themselves.
1: Yeah, that's right. Look, the the main Asian targets are not on social media, but their wives are. Um, so we we're able to, to identify some of these people through that. You know, obviously we have, you know, a very good intelligence capacity. Um, I think we have the largest intelligence unit of any NGO working in the wildlife crime space with lots of former analysts from Australian law enforcement. And, uh, you know, they're very, very good at what they do. And, and we we're able to identify these Vietnamese actors fairly quickly. Uh, and then develop some strategies to get into them.
0: So, how did you make contact, contact, and then develop the connection with the sellers, which ultimately led to this conviction?
1: Uh, Facebook. It was Again. just a, a covert profile. Uh, this was for the Africans, but then with the with the the Vietnamese, um, we got a little bit more uh, creative, if I could say that. So, I probably don't want to discuss too much about how we got into right. those traffickers. Methodology that we still use. Um, but it, it completely convinced them that we're also uh, serious players and, and we're able to um, exploit and leverage
0: that. And there was a woman called Van, is that right? Uh, who, yeah. in, in effect, you describe as the perfect person to take the investigation for. It's not her real name. What did she do to, pers- to persuade uh, the others that she was real?
1: Look, she's very calm, you know, very good in pressure situations. And... Her legend, her backstopping was was realistic. So, you know, she was able to portray herself in a way that these criminals believed that she was representing some major Chinese buyers. So, you know, it was it was quite straightforward. But you know, it was backed up with information. If they sorted out, that would make us appear to be, you know, significant traders ourselves. Dangerous. You know, it it can be, but like any undercover or covert operation you try to control the environment you try to minimize your risk and put your people in situations where you have the most control Mm. obviously there's an element of danger in any of this sort of work but you know we're pretty good at at managing that risk um and you know controlling the conversation or directing that conversation in a way that, that we want it to go
0: is she a big animal lover
1: yeah she is um, and that's you know one of the great things she's not from a law enforcement background but she's you know very very intelligent you know very good on her feet uh as i said very calm under pressure and, and she loves animals and that's why she got into the to the work and you know we we're able to to train her up and um you know mentor her through her journey in you know in an undercover role and and then you know she's been responsible for you know several major the taking down of several major networks in africa
0: so, this undercover woman, she manages to get the trust of a seller, a West African yeah. man selling tons of pangolin scales. What would mm-hmm. you say was the crucial information that allowed local authorities to locate him and his stash, because that's the other side of the of the coin, isn't it?
1: Yeah, look, it's a little bit embarrassing for him. Um, we asked him his address and he gave it to us. <laughs> Just like that. We said, how do we know you're in Nigeria? We said, you know, Nigeria's full of fraudsters. You could be telling us anything just trying to get our money. So then he told us where he lived and then did a video call showing us the pangolins.
0: My goodness. Does one assume he's never, um, you know, that he's a sort of an amateur or, or what?
1: No, it's probably more a case that they'd never been worked this way. Um, You know, he had corrupt connections. He was very comfortable with his connections. He was very comfortable to do this quite openly because he thought he was protected. But what he didn't know was that there was a unit within Nigerian customs that, that are absolutely fantastic. And when we talk about customs in Nigeria, we're not talking like Australian customs. It's like a combination of a police and customs agency. So they have customs officers, but they also have customs police and they have a specialised wildlife crime unit. And that wildlife crime unit, um, run by a lady called a Bim, who's an absolute superstar. You know, she was she was able to, to mobilise her team in, in under twelve hours and raid the facility where they seized the ivory and pangolin. So, you know, we've continued to work with with a Bim over the last two and a half years. You know, facilitated twenty two arrests and we've seized nearly nine tonnes of pangolin and a ton of ivory, you know, working with NCS. And to put that into context,
0: mm.
1: you know, nine tons is, is about 18,000 pangolin.
0: My goodness. So the convictions, we, sure, we should point out, were Vietnamese nationals. So how did they end up in Nigeria?
1: Well, they um, they fled Mozambique. Uh, you know, they were involved in a seizure of uh Horn in Qatar. And then they fled to nigeria where they intended to buy 20 tons of pangolin um so you know these guys were operating in southern africa uh, rhino horn lion bone and in, in nigeria with ivory and and um, pangolin scales. so you know they moved to nigeria to buy a product and we'd been working them for some time both in mozambique and in uh, nigeria and when they arrived at the airport working with customs they were put under surveillance and taken to a address and then during the course of the operation, they were arrested by Nigerian Customs service.
0: Did the Nigerians monitor the sellers once they knew the Vietnamese buyers were in town? Is is that how it worked?
1: Yeah. Look, at that point in time, we had multiple targets that the NCS were working on and tactically it's a very hostile environment in some of these places. So I think one of the reasons why um, the arrest was made was because it became very difficult to monitor them. You know, if you've ever been to Lagos, the traffic there is crazy. Um, you know, it's just really, really hard to do surveillance in, in that sort of environment. So the decision was made to grab them on what was already uh, collected, the evidence that was already collected, which tied them up to the, the July seizure of, of pangolin and, and ivory. So, you know, as a result of that, uh, Nigerian Customs made the decision to
0: arrest What a tale, Steve. I'm fascinated to know what motivates you to do this. Do you have a background in fighting organised crime?
1: Yeah, so I I worked in um, mainly drug law enforcement in Australia and trained with the UN in in Southeast Asia Uh, and, you know, sort of fell into the job, to be honest. But once I um, started working with the Wildlife Justice Commission and saw the scale of what's going on out there, it would blow your mind if people knew you know, what's going on around the globe in relation to not only wildlife crime, but timber crime and fisheries crime. And, you know, these people are making an absolute fortune on it uh, with very little risk. So um, there's ourselves and several other small NGOs working around the world to, to target these organised crime groups with law enforcement.
0: Is it slowing? Are you having any success?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you look at pangolin scars, as I said, you know, Between 2016 and 2019, there were 206 tonnes of pangolin scales seized globally, of which 110 tonnes had a Nigerian nexus. So to put that in context, we're talking over 400,000 pangolins seized, you know, in a four-year period. And that doesn't account for the pangolins that that make it through because obviously it was a, a very lucrative trade. But, you know, it's been over 591 days since the seizure of African pangolin in Asia. So literally that conveyor belt has stopped. Um, There have been a number of seizures of pangolin in in Asia in the last month and a half. We worked with the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Commission to facilitate the arrest of 12 people in Malaysia in July with with 1.8 tonnes of pangolin, including two customs officers. But that pangolin was purportedly recycled by those corrupt customs officers. And only last week, there was a seizure of pangolin in 1.4 tonnes by Thai authorities working with US Fish and Wildlife in Thailand coming up from Malaysia. So whilst there's still pangolin moving around within Malaysia and Thailand, you know, obviously seizures are are telling us this. We're not seeing any seizures at airports or or, um, seaports, and we haven't for over, you know, 590 days. And to put that in context, that would be the same as the AFP not seizing any heroin for nearly... 18 months. So, you know, that's had a massive impact because we know these networks are disrupted. The two of the major suppliers are, are on the run um, and continuously, you know, Nigerian customs continues to look for those. So, you know, it's it's had uh, a fairly dramatic uh, impact compared to what we were seeing in 2016 Well, and I
0: mean, national governments are supposed to report seizures of illegal wildlife trade and that's supposed to right. be shared with other nations. Would you say that reporting system is working?
1: yeah it is and look the countries where not, where pangolin was normally seized are uh, reported so singapore vietnam you know you jump on the internet and you can see you know straight away that the seizure reporting so, and obviously we talk with law enforcement in southeast asia so we're not seeing those big seizures anymore but you know in nigeria pangolin trafficking now you know replicates drug trafficking we're not you don't get access to the, the major players anymore they move the stash house fairly regularly, but, you know, you're not seeing the quantities that were being sold before. You know, now you're buying one or 200 kilo increments and they're very cautious. You know, you can't take phones into meetings and this sort of stuff. So the tradecraft has certainly changed compared to what it was and uh, it's, it's a lot different to what it was in, you know, 2021.
0: Well, Steve Carmody, keep going. Thank you very much indeed for telling us that tale.
1: No, it's my pleasure.
0: Steve Carmody, he's from the Wildlife Justice Commission. It's a European-based charity that gathers evidence of wildlife crimes and shares it with intelligence and law enforcement agencies. Now, if you like, would like to donate or find out more about their incredible work, just Google Wildlife Justice Commission or head to the Saturday Extra website for a link. ABCRN helps you understand the world.